We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another edition of Giant Straightcast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at Underdog Fantasy, your home for Pick'em and weekly best balls and more. You'll hear about it more in the show, how you can get involved with Underdog Fantasy today or tomorrow, but not yesterday because you didn't listen to this yesterday. Sure. All right. Uh, week two. Week two is in the B-O-O-K-S. Week two is in the books. Um, we're recording this late, so you're... You're probably hearing this as week three has already started on Thursday night. Dan, how was your week two? Well, it uh, some things went crazy. Some teams went off. Some injuries occurred, which is unfortunate. Uh, some people are being, you know, being proven right in their hill planting. Some people are, uh, well, a lot of people are, are getting tossed from their hill via one player that we'll be talking about at one point. But... Uh, week two was fun. A lot of big numbers, a lot of big fantasy scores, it seems. And that's kind of why we play, right? We, we love seeing the fantasy points. So NFL offenses scoring points equals we score points, unless they're all throwing it to people that, that don't exist. All right. Let's get started with the big injury news of week two. Trey Lance is out for the season with a knee injury. So... Not the ideal start to his quote-unquote breakout season for Trey Lance. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is now back in the first the first quarterback seat with the San Francisco 49ers. So let's start let's start with Trey Lance here. Uh, this guy has not had the best luck with being able to play football games with COVID, with you know starting the career behind Jimmy G, and now this injury. Where are we really standing with with Lance? Obviously, this was his chance to like prove, okay, he's not just a running quarterback. This is his chance to prove he might be an NFL quarterback as well as a good fantasy quarterback. And it just hasn't really got going. He wasn't performing. At, he wasn't performing well to start his season. Granted, a very small sample size, and now he's out for the season. So, how are we approaching Trey Lance? Are we approaching that he's still a franchise quarterback? Or we, I mean, was he ever a franchise quarterback? Or are we really just saying like? We'll see what we can get from him at this point. Well, uh, I, I don't think 
that if you if you were a Trey Lance believer, I, I don't think that there's any chance in hell that you're selling right now. But I, I think if you are intrigued by Trey Lance and you're looking for an opportunity to buy low, I don't think it's right this second unless you have um, an older quarterback to offer. If if you can offer the Trey Lance owner like Matthew Stafford or Russell Wilson or maybe not Russell Wilson, but you, you know what I'm talking about. If you can offer up a veteran quarterback that isn't high, high profile and, and you know, one of the tippity top you know, uh, dynasty assets as far as older guys go, I think that's a reasonable way to get into Trey Lance. Now, you could also let it cool and, you know, let, let that, that body fester on that per- person's roster for a little bit. And then maybe in a few weeks when maybe Jimmy Garoppolo was playing a little bit and all of a sudden he's looking like kind of, Jimmy can do this. He's going to be able to lead this team further than maybe we thought. He's he's kind of keeps doing what he's been doing. That might be a decent opportunity to buy Trey Lance as well. Even if Jimmy G doesn't play well, I think giving it a couple of weeks is a is a better opportunity to to get a, a Trey Lance share clean. Now, me personally, I wouldn't. I'm not touching that with like a 15 foot pole. Uh, I wasn't in on Trey Lance. I, I I don't think he's good. I, it's unfortunate that it had to go down this way rather than us seeing whether or not he could do it. Uh, but now it's just another year of a delay on Trey Lance, and you know maybe 2023 is the is the year. But that's a tough one. That that's a tough one for dynasty value. Obviously, in real life, in real football, obviously we hope everything just goes back to normal and he's cool. He's good. But yeah, I'm I'm I wasn't in on Trey Lance before, but having to wait another year, I mean, I'm probably just out completely. Yeah, I, I think that the only scenario that I'm I'm buying Trey Lance is if I'm I'm on a rebuilding, you know, or or building team, and I have one of these veteran quarterbacks, like a Matthew Stafford, a Derek Carr, a Kirk Cousins. Like if you can even if you have to add a, a little bit to one of those guys, you're kind of buying the concept of Oh, if Trey Lance is what we thought he could be three weeks ago, then you're, you know, having a huge profit in 2023. But I'm not sacrificing those points in 2022 on, on a team that I'm even close to competing, especially because you're taking a risk of a player later on that even when we get to so like usually when we're trying to trade for an injured player, we're like, okay, we know that we're sacrificing the we're sacrificing the points this year, but we're gonna get more points next year. I don't know that Trey Lance will have more points than Derek Carr next year. I don't know that Trey Lance will have more points than Matthew Stafford next year. Now, granted, Konami code, yada, yada, like it's it's pretty likely that if Lance is playing football, he'll probably score, outscore those guys. But he also has to keep his job, and that's another component of this. So there's a very limited sphere of where I'm, I'm trying to acquire Lance. And it really kind of just depends on what it, what his price is. Like, obviously, his price probably going to two weeks ago was, you know, two and a half-ish first. And now it's probably like, one maybe one and a half first sure yeah i mean if and like you said i mean we we don't know what trey lance's future is we we didn't know what it was going to be this year like you said it started a little shaky made a couple of decent throws to start that game and then that was it so now you know what if he comes back and isn't quite the same what if he comes back and still sucks or just is not good there's a lot a lot of components so kind of like you nathan i i'm 
I'm I'm still probably not buying unless there's a very specific me friendly price on just being able to stash a Trey Lance, but there's there's not many guys that I would be I would be moving in like a one for one. Like if if I was the if I was the Trevor Lawrence owner, for instance, and somebody came to me with Trey Lance, I, I'm not even responding. Oh, yes. That's not even close because, like, the, the only – and I, I actually almost mentioned Fields here. But with Fields and with Lawrence, they have a whole year to prove that they're good. Now, the, theoretically, Lawrence and Fields have lower floors because they can also prove that they're bad. But I'll take the risk that they're not going to prove that they're bad, that they're at least serviceable, and therefore will be a higher-valued player than Trey Lance, who is coming off of, you know, this major knee injury. And even so, you're still at least getting the points this year. Yeah, you know, that, that, that one year point total is it does have some value, especially when we're talking about an, a completely unknown asset. The the Trey Lance bit is all hype, all potential. There is zero floor. Now, a, a guy that we compared Trey Lance to throughout the offseason, Trey Lance could be a, a, a rich man's version of this player. And this person might just be a rich man's rich man. And. <laughs> That is Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is looking like one of the best quarterbacks in football, one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy football. Kind of Eagles look like one of the best teams in football with A.J. Brown at the helm. Devonta Smith kind of threw a goose egg in week one, but, you know, bounced back a little bit in week two. This Eagles offense is looking electric, and Jalen Hurts is obviously a huge part of that. I know that you and I are not the biggest Jalen Hurts fans, but at what point in the season do we kind of give up the concept of, Jalen Hurts doesn't have long-term job security. Well, I think week by week he's he's gaining that. He's still not a good quarterback in the sense of being a quarterback. He's a great runner, and he's turning into a serviceable quarterback, which was always the hope because everybody kind of knew that he wasn't that guy in the pocket. He's seventh in the league in passing, but he has as many touchdowns as Matt Ryan. One. That's you know, not including rushing. We're not, I'm not talking about the rush. We all get the whole rushing bit. He's right there with Lamar Jackson as far as like best running. And I think he's actually outrushed Lamar this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's got him by like 10 yards. So th- he was never going to be a true passing asset. You're going to get the little bit of fantasy bump in the passing points. He's played as a true runner and he's going to get the red zone looks. And he's still going to get the touches. He's going to carry the ball 12 to 14 times a game, probably. Whereas Lamar is just pseudo-efficient. He's going to carry it six to eight times, but each one of them is going to be ripped for like 20 yards. Jalen is playing running back and then throwing the ball occasionally. So, yes, he does have a, a bunch of yards. And, yes, they have two. They probably have one of the top five best wide receiver units in in football, which is crazy to say, considering the dumpster fire that Philly has been. Uh, but when you consider A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard, those are some really, really nice weapons. And the mediocrity of the backfield only helps Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, want to keep the ball for himself more. Because I'm guessing in every single one of those instances on options, he's just 100% making that call rather than they can call the option, but it's like, well, you're, you're handing it off. It's an option. You have the option, but you're handing it out. They run those plays. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we knew Hertz was going to be a big-time fantasy. We knew he was a big-time runner. The question always was, can he throw? I still think he's pretty mediocre at it. 
picking apart a zone defense because you have weapons is is good. It's good, but that, good but, on Philly. But that doesn't but that doesn't matter though. If if the excuse is well he has weapons, he's gonna have weapons forever. No, like, no, no, <laughs> I, I I get that. I I'm I'm saying that that game for me was like the most perfect game plan you could have scripted against not only a new coach, but a transforming defense that's going for four, three to three, four. That's now playing so much more zone because they don't have the guys that can cover AJ Brown and Devonta Smith one-to-one. So perfect game plan, great execution. I, I mean, it's, he's fun to watch. It's, you can't deny that. I still don't think he's a very good quarterback, but the fantasy points are going to be there. And if the Eagles think that fantasy points matter, hey, that's probably his job for a while. And if they keep winning because the defense is pretty darn good, uh, I, I think that is going to be a, a play a major role in this as well. I think I think they they ride him until the wheels fall off. Yeah, it's it's kind of complicated because like it's not like you can fade like one particular statistic or sell based off of one particular statistic. But if there's one thing that I'm like trying to capitalize on, if I'm selling Hurts right now is the rushing touchdowns. It's not sustainable for you to average a touchdown and a half per game rushing. Granted, it's two games into the season. But we've seen time and time again, like Jameis Winston had like eight rushing touchdowns in his like second year. So there's tons of times we have these these quarterbacks that have these rushing touchdowns. And then over the course of their career, those numbers greatly decrease. I'm not saying Hurts is going to stop being a rusher. He's going to be a rushing quarterback for the next five, six, seven years, as long as he's a starting quarterback. But the rushing touchdown component is not something that is statistically sustainable. Right. And I mean, we, like I said before, I know that we know the carries are going to be there. We know the yards are going to rack up. Touchdowns are always just a giant question mark. And you can say the same thing about the low numbers in the passing game, why he only has one, but he's seventh in the league in passing. You know, it's still a question mark. They, if they transition to a, a throwing in the red zone from running in the red zone, that number will rise, uh, assuming he's not making bad decisions. But at this point, the Philadelphia Eagles are taking what defenses are giving them and they're just piecing them up because they have weapons. If they didn't have the weapons, I think this would look very different. So there's a, there's a chance now that this is here to stay that all of these pieces just work because Jalen hurts is kind of that guy, maybe not the best quarterback, but that guy, as far as leading a team and just being out there. And honestly, to me, it looks like they're having an absolute blast. So it's hard to deny any of that. I, I think the Eagles are – I don't know how we didn't talk about them in our bold predictions. Probably a Super Bowl favorite, especially considering the NFC at this stage. They they have to be at the top of the charts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that for the most part, the reason why we don't, didn't talk about the Eagles because pretty much we were so in on uh, the Bucks and Packers. Or actually, actually I was on the Bucks and Packers. You, you don't like the Packers. Uh, and the Packers have looked bad, <laughs> uh, and, the, and the Bucks have looked bad. So you know, wide open NFC, especially with Lance getting hurt. Um, I guess let, let's circle back to Lance thing real quick. Um, and I know that obviously we, you you haven't been the biggest supporter of him. Are the Niners a better football team with Jimmy G right now? Easily. The w- the way Shanahan likes to run the ball with all of those guys, and one of them not being the quarterback, I think is is super important. Um, but also you get that floor of at least a decent passer where the, the defense has to respect it. Sure. Lance has a big arm and they can do whatever, but Jimmy, Jimmy can do plenty with throwing the ball around. I, I mean, I'm not saying that he's Tom Brady. I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers, but he, he can do it. And with, with the guys that they have too, you look at Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, the smattering of running backs, 
Uh, I mean, they, they can do plenty in a very creative offense. And now that you have the baseline at quarterback, I absolutely think that team is is way scarier than they were with Trey Lance. Yes, Lance himself is is kind of a scary running threat, potential big play threat. But I think for consistency reasons and just overall like comfort, especially from the other players, I feel like they're all going to be more comfortable with Jimmy because they at least know he can deliver a good ball. They know that you know that that's going to be there. Um, I, I just feel like they're way better with, with Jimmy under center just because we don't know what Trey Lance is and everything we've seen from him in his, the, his NFL career has been bad. Now let's move on to another young quarterback. We have Tua Tagovailoa with an absolute kaboom in week two with 469 passing yards, six touchdowns, two interceptions, over 700 passing yards in the first two games, seven total touchdowns. The biggest thing that I see coming from Fantasy Twitter on Tua is that the, the praise for Mike McDaniel for being a, the, a rare case of an NFL coach saying, I have the, two of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and I am absolutely going to be using them. Yeah, I mean, who had Tua leading the league in passing after two weeks on their bingo card? Because I think you just automatically get a cover all and win. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. Let's bring it back down to earth just for a second. Every single one of these balls that we've seen in the highlights is underthrown. Let's make that clear. Every single one of them. Accurate? Sure. On time? Not really. Underthrown? Yes. Which is kind of, I don't know if that's an oxymoron to say that they're accurate and underthrown because they're still there. His receivers just have everyone beat by a mile. And. Maybe it's a timing thing. Maybe his timing's off. Maybe that's why everything's always... Maybe he just can't remember how to throw to good players. like Because he didn't have any good receivers in college. He didn't have any good players at all in college while he, he suffered through those years at Alabama. Um, so, yes. I, I, he, I don't think he throws a very good ball still. A lot of this stuff is off, but his, his players are making making plays. Now, that being said... He's getting the ball at least kind of there. When you have one of the fastest players in the NFL in Tyreek Hill and another one of the fastest players in the NFL in Jalen Waddell, and I, I don't, I would never in a million years, you'd have to, I would snap the ball and I would just throw it as far as I could and it could go get it. I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't drop back. I would grab the ball and just fire it. Um, I, I, it's crazy. This offense is so fun. Good on Mike McDaniel for just, hey, Maybe use your players for what they're good for. Who would have thought? Let's scheme around our players rather than our scheme. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to go like too crazy with Tua because I've kind of always been on the fence with Tua. Like I want to love him, and then but it's like it, that looks bad. You've always loved Tua. Uh, there was yes, a question. I, 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 no, I, I love Tua, but I also can can look and, and see that he's still throwing medicine balls. Oh like, my God, they're bad. <laughs> um, but going back to the, the Philly conversation, does it matter? Because when you have Tyree so. Kill, <laughs> when you have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and Mike Kosecki even showed out a little bit in week two, when you have that repertoire of weapons, it doesn't really matter how pretty the ball is. Um, so yeah, I, I think that his, his job security is looking pretty safe right now. The Dolphins are looking like a good good football team, I guess, you know, allowing 38 to the Ravens is probably not ideal, but yeah, no, Tua, I, I'm, I'm in, like, I, I think it's obviously not the time to, to 
purchase any Tua shares right now. Um, but I, I don't necessarily think it's the time to sell them either. Yeah, I mean, sure. Like I said, we who would have thought he'd be leading the league in passing right now? But I, I think there's plenty of of life left in this where I think he's just going to be a really good fantasy asset, assuming he stays on the field because of his weapons. His, his weapons are going to prop him up. I'm not saying he's bad. I, I just – some of these throws, man, they, they're just mind-boggling to me at how terrible they look. And his players are just making plays, which is why they pay those guys that much, because that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to make their quarterback look good. Uh, it would be nice to see the quarterback make them look good on occasion. But if if it means these guys have to make plays all game, every game, I think we're in for a highlight reel of a season from Miami. Um, I still might, it, it, Tua might be in a buy window for me, even with the ridiculous numbers, because I think there's kind of a little bit of the stigma of, well, you know, it's it's still too, uh, you know, we I mean, we even said he doesn't throw a good ball. He still, he still might be not good in a great situation with awesome weapons. But kind of like Hurts, I think there's just going to be a lot of fantasy points surrounding him, assuming he's on the field. I, I don't think there's any way else to cut it other than it's going to be a lot of fantasy points. And if you also think Tua is going to score a lot of fantasy points, you should head over on to Underdog Fantasy with promo code ROTOVIZ, R-O-T-O-V-I-Z, because you can bet the over or the under if, you, if you're if you fading uh, Tua and Jalen Hurts with their, their poor arms but good offenses. You can bet overs, unders. And I do want to apologize to the great folks at Underdog. I did say best ball season was over. I was incorrect. I was incorrect. Best ball season's not over because they have best ball drafts every single week. I think it might just be called draft on on about the best ball part, but they have drafts where you can draft slow or fast within the week where you can have like a draft within the a group of six, group of three, all these different drafts that are, you know, on a week to week basis where it's like, you know, you're, you're playing for that specific week. There's rest of season, season drafts. So, you know, best ball season, not over Dan. That's right. Uh, they, they have all of the fun that can be had, you know, for the in season stuff. The over-under stuff is an absolute blast. I I spent a lot of time in there in there last week picking the over-unders. I, I I don't remember what I think I had like four or five Brady ones and just got all of them right. It just it seemed to work out. That man looks like Skeletor. Uh, but yes, underdog fantasy. Make sure when you uh, sign up for your first deposit, you use code code Rotoviz. That's R O T O V I Z. And they will match your first deposit up to $100. That's $100 of free play money when you put in $100. You can use it for the pickums. You can use it for the drafts. You can save it and then use it for best ball next offseason. That's a little bit, you know, far thinking. Let's, let's build up our bankroll a little bit, you know, safely and smartly. But the pickum stuff, the over-unders, all of, you know, it's so much fun just to have a spot to kind of sit and do that and, and you don't have to go crazy on it it's it's a really easy way to play smart and play safe and have fun and make the games more interesting if maybe maybe you only have one or two leagues left and you're kind of you know maybe it's a little boring for you now you can hop into underdog and and just make the games more fun with a little bit of underdog in your life we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All righty, let's go to the second half of the show. Second half is a little bit of an amalgamation. Uh, we have the first round wide receivers. All of them, pretty much, are looking good early on. Trey Burks over 100 receiving yards. Jahan Dotson, three touchdowns. Drake London looking like the number one option in the Falcons offense. We'll talk about that in a little bit, too. Kind of pick your pick your poison. Oh, Garrett Wilson having a huge breakout game against Cleveland Browns. Who The Cleveland Browns have a good secondary. So Garrett Wilson, like, carving up that secondary is an impressive feat. So... Which one of these are you most impressed with? Which one of you are are you saying, you know, uh, hold your horses? What are your thoughts on this first, first round wide receiver group? Well, I mean, Garrett Wilson, I think for the most part, was the highest floor guy out of everybody. I, I, I think Chris Olave was probably the lowest, maybe Drake London. Uh, but Garrett Wilson doing what he's what he's did or what he's doing with Joe Flacco uh there's there's some light at the end of that tunnel, Nathan. If if Zach Wilson can show up and be an NFL quarterback, this offense can be fun for a while. And if Zach Wilson, well, anything's going to be a step up from Joe Flacco. They're just playing dink and dunk offense with Flacco right now, and, and it's working. They're they're scoring points. They're moving the ball. Um, but I I I move Garrett Wilson way up. Even I mean, if he's performing with Joe Flacco, it, it's worthy of it. Um, the Drake London bit is interesting to me because he kind of is the de facto target funnel now. Uh, he has 19 through two games, turning that into 13 for 160 and one. It's a bad offense. Um, they, they just seem broken and busted, but he's been the one consistent piece so far. So uh, I think gaining a little respect for Drake London's floor through this early season, me personally, I'm speaking is, you know, it's an important part of this. I, I, I think he's definitely moved up for me. I, I still am not super convinced that he's the next great thing. I, I mean, I'm not putting him in like my top 10 or 15 dynasty wide receivers, but he's, he's getting up there. And if this offense can show some life, start figuring out a way to the ball around a little more, you know, scheme these guys open, actually call smart plays rather than just snap the ball and throw it at the guy. Uh, that'll be more promising. Obviously, we're probably not looking at that until maybe Des Ritter gets some looks or potentially 2023 if they draft another quarterback. We'll see how all of this all of this changes. Um, but Traylon Burks, it, it was he's one. I mean, I love Traylon Burks. I, I was kind of pissed at the Titans landing spot, but it's starting to look now like he might just end up being kind of in a Drake London situation where it's a bad situation, but 
if he's the only game in town, he's going to be a target funnel. He's not there yet, but they also kind of brought him along slowly, which I thought was strange considering, you know, not only the draft capital, but the way all of these other teams have used their rookie wide receivers already. So I'm still in love with Traylon. Um, I think though that Garrett Wilson and Drake London are probably above him now for me. Uh, which wasn't the case before. I was a big Traylon fan, aside from the Tennessee light, uh, landing spot. So, yeah, I'm I'm impressed by them. It just kind of seems like every year now we get these wide receivers that come into the NFL and they're just ready to go and and they're good. Yeah, I, I think that my my biggest biggest surprise through two weeks has been the usage of Chris Olave. Like I think we saw him at or we maybe just me I saw him as a possession receiver, maybe a, a Jarvis Landry type coming into the NFL. He's not that like at least the, looking at the usage in the first two weeks of the season, he's been used as a Jameis is going to throw it as far as he possibly can and overthrow <laughs> him every time. Like I think Chris Olave set like the record for most air yards in a game in, in week in week two, which is ridiculous because he only had five catches for 80 yards. Uh, but that's not that's not his fault. It was James Winston's fault and him just absolutely throwing it out and you know nowhere. But his usage is exciting because if Winston starts to connect on some of those. Olave is going to average like 16, 17 yards per catch and is going to, you know, be making these ridiculous plays. So um, I, I love Garrett Wilson and Drake London. I think that they're both going to be top 10 dynasty wide receivers sooner rather than later. Um, and I think Olave is uh, one who's moving up the boards due to his usage. And we'll, we'll see how much that usage turns into production. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, these guys all are, are in halfway decent spots to, to score fantasy points and, the the one crazy thing, and I'm kind of slightly off topic, but New Orleans has three wide receivers that are performing. Not only is Jarvis Landry not hashtag dead, uh, Michael Thomas appears to be kind of back, and, and Chris Olav is probably, uh, I mean, he's going to be able to, to come along at his own pace with those other two guys working. And, and Jameis is... Trying to support three wide receivers here, Nathan. We're we're we could be looking at history. Uh, this could be very similar to the hospital balls that Jameis was throwing in in Tampa when he went thirty for thir- and thirty and thirty. We could be seeing a massive season underway. Yeah, for sure. And then where are you at on Dotson? Obviously, three touchdowns kind of inflating his stats so far. But you know, you know how you earn more targets, you score touchdowns. So uh, I guess. Is that is does Dotson ride with where Wentz goes at this point? Um, what are our thoughts on Dotson? Yeah, I, I think right now, unless the unless you're established like McLaurin, I, I think even Curtis Samuel falls into the what, however however Carson Wentz is playing is how they're performing. Which you know you, you can say that about every wide receiver, but there's guys that are are a little bit more QB proof as far as I mean, obviously the higher skill players. Um, and we're seeing kind of the opposite of that with Terry McLaurin because he hasn't been doing what Curtis Samuel and Dotson are both doing. He's he's lagging behind a little bit, but you know Carson Wentz has kind of always been the guy that'll just take what the defense gives him. I, I would like I would imagine that they're going to start drawing some more stuff up for Terry McLaurin to get involved. But I do think Dotson. I, I think we draw the line after those top four, but I do think Dotson has his foot halfway in the door to get into that next that next zone with with the top four in the in the class right now I do think he's the start of the next category though just because I think skill wise there's a pretty large gap 
but he's already performing and, and putting up fantasy points. So sometimes we have to take that real life football and the fantasy thing and, and kind of block one or the other out to try to find a, a happy place. So I do think he has his foot in the door to get into that conversation with those guys. All right, let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons and their tight end. Uh, you may have heard of him, uh, Kyle Pitts, the fourth overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft. The Falcons coach said, we're not playing fantasy football. Um, <laughs> that, that They're also not playing NFL football either. They're yeah. playing like Division three football by not targeting Kyle Pitts. I, I am in the camp of Kyle Pitts is generally overvalued in Dynasty, but even I think that the lack of targets towards uh, Kyle Pitts is a misallocation of of targets. It's it's ridiculous. And and as so, I, I'm my stance on Pitts has always been so weird because when we were going through the Pitts draft process, I was always okay with you taking him at 101. Hindsight, Chase was obviously 101. Najee Harris, obviously 102. And now Pitts, 103. But the quote-unquote, and I'm going to do it for the camera, Nathan, positional advantage of a Kyle Pitts was potentially huge. He could have been in that Kelsey, Mark Andrews, George Kittle if when he's not dead. Uh, he could have been in that conversation, and it looked like he was well on his way. The problem is we're basing all of this off of, like, three games. He's had three good games in his career, a bunch of fine ones, and now more bad ones. Not to say that he's playing bad, but if you're not given the opportunity to play good or to be shown in the passing offense— and there's other tight ends receiving equal targets and equal yardage and equal share. What are we doing here? Drake London has been the target funnel in the offense. I have no idea how Kyle Pitts has looked because they don't throw to him. He he doesn't even, I think he's just playing extra left tackle. I think we should change his designation from tight end to extra left tackle, a little ELT or BLT sounds good right now. Anyways, um, I mean, how far down the list do we have to go to even find Pitts at this point? He's being outscored by something called Pharaoh Brown. Nathan, should we play this game? <laughs> Johnny Monk. You, you'll, you'll name every single tight end who has played this year. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's unfortunate. Now, let's 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 speak to the community for a second, Nathan, shall we? Taking him in the top four of any dynasty draft ever was never a good process ever taking him in the top two or three rounds in redraft was never a good process ever sure he had a really good rookie season in 17 games he had the most receiving yards for a rookie at tight end right he, he has that record in 17 games, not 16 games. Make that clear. Anyways, the, it was he's still unproven. All of the points I made in the offseason, bad offense, bad offense, bad offense. Sure, he could be a target funnel. Drake London is a target funnel, and he's still not scoring that many points because it's a bad offense with a bad quarterback and arguably the worst coaching in the league, barring maybe the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I, 
this whole offense is like a yuck stick. I don't want anything to do with it. But Drake London is a nice piece. Kyle Pitts was a sell every turn in the offseason, all offseason. As soon as he got as high as he did, when he got to the top half of the first round, I mean, I, I watched owners just absolutely capitalize on on moving him for three firsts, four firsts, for multiple starting options under the age of 27 for quarterbacks in the top 10. I, I mean, it, there was so much free value there. And I know we can always say hindsight, hindsight, hindsight. When you reach the absolute tippity top of the mountain in value, you have to take advantage of it, especially at a position like tight end that historically has been awful. It's been awful. Hall of Famers are the only ones that are putting up consistent production. That's it. Your Hall of Famers are the only ones doing anything with this. It was too early to label Kyle Pitts as a Hall of Famer when he had three good games as a rookie. It's still too early. You can't sell now because the bottom has fallen out. Probably slid to like ninth overall, right? The bottom has <laughs> not fallen out yet. Dan, but come he, on. He was going in the top five. Now he's probably being drafted at 10. The value difference there is... That's decent. not... Bo- that's sliding down after a couple... Of- that's not bottom no, falling out. Bottom fall out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, this this whole situation is gross. I, I, I don't love that the coach came out and said, we're not playing fantasy football. Uh, that's bad. That's not good coach speak. Yeah, I mean, my general thoughts on Pitts here is that uh, I don't invest highly in tight end, but if if you can get Kyle Pitts at a not invest highly price, like say like a mid to late second startup, maybe even early third, like I'm I'm buying Kyle Pitts there because I, I I do think that it's more likely than not Kyle Pitts quickly rebounds from this whenever the Falcons get a quarterback, go to Ritter, go elsewhere, um, but also just. Even if we're stuck with Mariota for 17 games, it can't be as bad as week one and two. And I've seen the tweets on Twitter about, oh, like, you know, Kyle Pitts truthers are going to be like, you know, talking themselves into Kyle Pitts starting after like 18 straight weeks of nothing. But like Kyle Pitts is going to have like a eight catches for 162 and two touchdown week. And I think it's going to be sooner than later. Kyle Pitts, this this might be a steamy take. Kyle Pitts is officially the Amari Cooper of tight ends. He's going to have three big weeks. It's going to it's going to hold him in that tight end one or two, even though he should not be even in the same tier as Mark Andrews. No one should. Mark Andrews should be in his own tier. I get Travis Kelsey is outscoring him right now, but he's also like 37 years older than Mark Andrews. So. I I think Kyle Pitts is going to be extremely inconsistent. I do think the points are going to be there. And there's a very, very, very far outside chance that we just have ourselves another O.J. Howard, another Noah Fant, another David Njoku, uh, another one of these high-profile tight ends that looks good, that performs early. Evan Ingram looks good, performs pretty well early on, has some big games, looks promising, and then gone. Because all those guys had big draft capital too, Nathan. I mean, it's it's not outside the, the, the realm of possibilities. We thought all of these things about O.J. Howard. We thought all of these things about Evan Ingram. And then 
gone. So play let's let's play Dynasty just a little bit closer to the chest here, a little safer. Now let's wrap up the show with a player. So we often talk about I feel like over the over the last three or four years, we've heavily moved into the draft capital world. We've heavily moved into the trade capital and contract capital world of like if players are getting paid big money, if players are getting high, drafted highly, then there are players to look at. Christian Kirk had a big payday. And instead of most of fantasy Twitter saying, oh, big payday equals big targets, they mostly just mercilessly mocked the Jaguars for giving Christian Kirk $20 million. So it looks like we should have still mocked the Jaguars, but but we should have also gone out and gotten Christian Kirk on every single one of our rosters because he's on a team that's going to be pass heavy and he's going to be getting a deluge of targets and he's shown why he's going to be at the very least somewhat efficient with those targets. So um, why are we all kicking ourselves over Christian Kirk right now? First of all, nice use of deluge there. That was impressive. Be a teacher or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we kind of had to assume that he was going to be a, a target hog the, the question kind of was, is how good are the targets going to be? Is, is Trevor Lawrence that guy? Uh, that was part of it. The overpayment was a big thing. To me, it was the Jags just trying to throw a wrench in the wide receiver pool and stop everybody from re-signing their guys. And then we see all of a sudden, A.J. Brown's gone. Tyreek Hill's gone. Devontae Adams is gone. I, I think it kind of went the way that they wanted it to in breaking up some pieces and making some of these guys available. They just unfortunately had to be the scapegoat and get Christian Kirk. And it's looking okay right now. He's, I mean, 12 for 195 and two is about as good as we could have hoped uh, coming into the season. Uh, I, I still, I'm, I'm not super convinced that he's got a ton of dynasty value. I still think this is a relatively short-term thing. I'm, I'm looking at like two years for Christian Kirk. Not like he's old. Not like he's going to, you know, fall off a cliff. I, I just think that this is going to wear off. I think they're going to draft somebody or, or whatever they want to do. But right now, I, I really do think he's an awesome short-term asset, especially because he's not going to be expensive. He's still not moving up people's charts. No one's talking about Christian Kirk. And if you can capitalize on that, definitely in the I mean, short term, that's huge. But the question is, does he then fall into the concept of worth less than a first, more than a second, making him like impossible to trade for? Like, are you then trading like what if you're going to get Christian Kirk draft capital wise, it's going to cost you like a 109 to 112 most likely. Are you forfeiting that? Are you trying to get something on the back end? Like what, what are you, what are you trying to, if you're trying to get that short term production and I think, you know, you're going to be 26 years old in November. I don't, I don't even know if it's short term. Yes. I think that the, the high target volume may be short term, but I think at, Christian Kirk is a very, very, I think he's a very good NFL wide receiver too. And right now he's a very good NFL wide receiver too. And a pass happy team, pass happy team that he's the wide receiver one. So if we fast forward to 2023, the dra Jaguars draft Jackson Smith and Jigba, and then that's a very good NFL offensive, Lawrence, Smith and Jigba, Kirk. Like, I don't think there's much needed to add on to that. I know they have a, a bevy of, like, mediocre wide receivers behind what would be those two. But I think that, like you said, Kirk, very, very solid, like, wide receiver one, quote-unquote, for the rest of the season in terms of NFL-wise and probably, like, a NF uh, fantasy wide receiver two. And then I, I don't necessarily think that he – 
you know, bottoms out when they bring in the next weapon. Yeah, no, I, I think he, I think he kind of retains his his spot, but I don't think the targets are as sustainable. Probably, if they do, if that is the case right now, though, uh, I, I, I mean, who else is he, is Trevor Lawrence going to throw to, right? So, I think Christian Kirk is kind of a perfect, like a package deal kind of guy. I, I don't think you're going one for one. I don't think you're offering up a pick to go get Christian Kirk. I think he's the right kind of guy where. You, you you click on Christian Kirk, and then you scroll up and down the roster until you find another, you know, mediocre price. Maybe not a starter. Maybe maybe kind of a, a depth guy, or even if you threw in a pick. I think it's a it's a two-for-one or a three-for-two kind of, kind of trade to get a Christian Kirk. Now, I do believe he's stuck in that realm of between a first and a second, mostly because of his – because he is 26, right? If he was 24 – I'm giving up a first. I, I think I think the 26 to 27 is kind of the prime years. And in a not high-profile player like Christian Kirk, I think that's going to be the best we're going to get out of him. So I'm, I'm all for doing a first, you know, anywhere between, I would say, 108 all into, and lower for Christian Kirk and a third. I think that is a trade I could willingly make if I was in need of wide receiver points, because I think he's going to score as a top 20, maybe 24. I think, I think at worst, he's like a middling wide receiver too. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I, uh, injuries aside, I would be very surprised if he's lower than like QB 19, honestly. I mean, QB, wide receiver 19. He might be QB 19 too, who knows? <laughs> right, so we're, we're looking at, at you know, the, the top the top 20 in wide receivers for sure as far as scoring goes, dynasty-wise, you know, whatever. But if you can yeah. acquire him and maybe maybe a, a throw-in pick or, a, you know, an upside player or maybe somebody that's injured, you know, if you can make a deal like that and you do have to give up a first, and that's probably going to be the case for most leagues and most players, is you're probably, if you want Christian Kirk and you want those points, you probably have to give up a first or the equivalent, you know, whether it's a player, you know, you want to give up something else, whatever. But I think that's a move that you can make. And to be honest, it's looking like it, it could be fruitful. All right, let's wrap up the show with this, a question that doesn't make any sense and is very specific. Um, we started the show talking about Trey Lance. We're ending the show talking about Christian Kirk. In a Superflex Dynasty League, you're offering Trey Lance for Christian Kirk. What do you want on top? Obviously, it could be a huge number. It could be a medium-sized number. Between Christian Kirk and Trey Lance, if you're selling Trey Lance today. Um, I would probably want – I think I would need to have like a random first just because of – the, the perceived market value of Trey Lance is still going to be pretty darn high. The the name value, even though he hasn't done anything in the league to make his name worth more, aside from being traded for three firsts, um, I, I think you can still derive a first in Christian Kirk for Trey Lance. Now, if that's not if, – if you kind of have one of those immovable owners that you're trying to trade with, I, I just think you, you target – more points if that's your goal is is to if you're trying to win this year you're trying to win now i think you're targeting more points maybe it's maybe it's like davis mills and and christian kirk i I think that's a very possible trade to make for a trey lance owner 
Sure. And I, and for me, I don't really project Davis Mills as a long-term star, so I would want a little bit more on top. But yeah, the, the one I was going to bring to the table was I think that like a Trey Lance for uh, Kirk and Mac Jones, Kirk and Pickett, um, I think that's the range that you should be looking at. Um, maybe if you're super win now, uh, like a, a Brady or a Cousins and a uh, Brady or Cousins with Kirk for, for Lance. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of the range you'd be looking at if you're very specifically trying to trade your Trey Lance for Christian Kirk and, and a quarterback. That's what we do here. We we come up with specific things and gloat and and talk about them. Um, yeah, I mean, if if that's if that's where you're trying to go with it, I, I mean, that's a really clean way to get out of something that still has a decent amount of dynasty value in Trey Lance and getting into some safer short term assets. You know, like you said, Kirk Cousins, a Tom Brady, or you go younger, you go Mac Jones, you go Kenny Pickett, you go Davis Mills plus. Um, those are those are moves I, I love to make. Those are the, always the transitions when I when I'm losing out on something or I'm looking to move a player. I'm always looking to transition into something that makes more sense, that has more safety built into it. Those types of trades are are for me, at least in the short term, just an always go to. Like I I just made a trade I think yesterday in the reverse fashion, looking for a little bit more upside. I actually moved Davis Mills and uh, Wandell Robinson for. Terry McLaurin. Uh, and to me, yeah, sure, he's not performing right now, but I don't need him. Davis Mills was my quarterback five, and I'm running a, a little bit thin on wide receiver. Got all sorts of running backs. I don't need him right to second. I'm still going to start him because he's a stud, but those trades work inversely. You, you, you can always find a match made in heaven with two owners to try to make a deal like this happen. And getting younger, getting older, looking for points, looking to punt. You just have to work these things out. That's what we're here for. We're the Dynasty Trade Cast. So go make some trades. Get yourself some Christian Kirk in your life. Uh, probably hang on to those Kyle Pitts shares, guys. Just let's be safe. Let's be smart. Let's not burn all of our money at once. We're not the Joker. Uh, maybe maybe we buy two of Question mark? Tell us on Twitter. That's your upset for this for this. I, was, I, was, I usually say evening, but it's 9.15 in the morning. That should wrap us up for today. We'll talk to you guys next week. Good news.